0: Hey, we're studying the book of Hebrews we've got a few verses left in chapter 2 Hebrews chapter 2 we're beginning with verse 14 Since then the children share in flesh and blood he himself likewise also partook of the same that through death he might render powerless him who had the power of the death that is the devil it might deliver those who through fear of death were subject to slavery all of their lives so it's a powerful verse here about the incarnation Jesus taking on blood and flesh it says literally in the Greek and the idea of being the blood relative of um, the children of Adam being born of Mary conceived of the Holy Spirit and the purpose for um, the incarnation is to deliver the humans who are slaves to death or then the fear of death. Death is the ultimate penalty for sin. Remember the serpent deceived Adam and Eve suggesting that if they, that they were missing out on something that they could be like God. And God said that if they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they would die. Well, they ate... And they died. And since that time, the whole human race has been in bondage to death. And here it says that the devil has the power of death. And in the sense that he is the accuser before God, he is the one who deceives, Tricked the original humans into their sin. Let me let me read something from William Wayne. The identification of the tyrant as the devil exposes the depth of the human plight.
1: The devil did not
0: possess control over death inherently, but gained his power when he seduced humankind to rebel against God. The repres the represents excuse me the representation of death as a henchman. In the devil's service, and the threat of death as an instrument which he bludgeons humanity into submission, depend on the interpretation of Genesis 3 in the creation of the Hellenistic synagogue. Quote, now this is Jewish intertestamental literature. God created man for incorruption and made him in the image of his own eternity, but through the devil's envy, death entered the world, and those who belong to his party experience it. Unquote, that's from some Jewish writings. It is ironic destined to rule over the creation, Psalm 8, which was quoted earlier, should find themselves in the posture of a slave, paralyzed through the fear of death. Hopeless subjection to death characterized earthly existence apart from the intervention of God. So here is the big issue and problem. And people who teach spiritual warfare, in a lot of ways, they underestimate what the problem is. And if you understand the problem to be death through sin and the tyranny of the lie that Satan told in the Garden of Eden that he perpetuates continually according to John eight forty four, he's the father of the lie. Amen. So he tells humans that they can become like God by their autonomy and going their own way, whereas in fact he's leading them into death and hell by getting them to rebel against God. And so true freedom can only come from being delivered from this power of death, the power of fear of death. And where does that deliverance come? Well, through Christ. Yes. But isn't, it's kind of a, ironic, but isn't it that through the fear of death that Satan gives people they try to escape it through the religions that mm-hmm. Satan gives people to escape it from? Yeah, he's, he's playing both ends of the game. Exactly, just like I find out in that one article, it's a Satan protection racket. And so he gives the problem is death and the fear of death, and the solution is man made religion to make you think you can work yourself closer to God. They peace and to give you a false hope. Peace, peace, when there is no peace. MacArthur, I, his, he's interesting in the sense that he says that um, the broad gate says heaven over it, and the narrow gate says, Take up your cross and follow me. And their gate says death. <laughs> yeah, you got to the narrow gate says you must die to self. And nobody, it doesn't look very appealing. The wide gate says here's the path to heaven, just, you know, come and be religious. I don't feel like. And so it's a deception. The devil's lying to people, giving them false hope through man made religion. So, um, boy, I got a bunch of cross references. Why don't we start right here? Genesis 3.15, yeah. and Dean, Isaiah 7.14, Brian, Isaiah 25, 8, and 10, Hosea 13.14, and Late, John 12, 31 through 33, and Coron, 1 Corinthians 15, 54, Alright, so.
1: Dying itself, a lot of times people think that's a severe discipleship. When it first starts with faith in Christ, you automatically are dead, the self and a new a new creation, alive and a dead to self and alive in Christ cars of soul. Was. A lot of people think dying to self is you know this, this discipleship by faith. But a lot of people that don't are just starting out trying to understand the gospel think, well, that's good
0: Catholicism, die itself. We understand yeah. that real well. And you look at it as self sacrifice. Self sacrifice. But it's actually giving up on self altogether and putting together. your trust in, trust God. God. in the yeah. gospel. I know that's a very good point. And I have an article coming out in a couple of weeks on purpose driven life. And that's one of the points that I make because he uses, this uh, Warren uses a really started Bible that says when it quotes Matthew 16 25, rather than where it says any man you know comes after me us to die himself, so I'll take him to the cross follow me. Yes. His his uh, translation says, if you want to find yourself, you need the self-help is no help, but you need self-sacrifice as the only way to find your true self. Well, that's for one thing. Finding your true self is a New Age idea. And self-sacrifice, all the world religions teach that. Yes. And so this is not the gospel. This is totally not the gospel. Okay. And did you Tammy? Did you read did I didn't know a verse. Hosea 13:14. Okay. So you have Genesis 3:15. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman,
1: and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel.
0: Okay, there's the, by the way, there's a the, the true biblical doctrine of spiritual warfare. is between the seed uh, that promised Messiah and uh, Satan's purpose. And you can read about that in Revelation chapter 12. Okay. There's a whole story in Revelation 12 about the, the, this battle that Satan's purpose is to destroy Messianic salvation. Okay, uh, John, uh, Isaiah 7.14 uh, Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son. and shall call his name Emmanuel. Right, so a virgin will conceive, which was certainly happened in the Gospels. So Jesus was born of a virgin. And that's a sign of messianic salvation. Okay, Isaiah 25, 8 uh,
1: Brian. He will swallow up death, and the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces, and the reproach of his people will take away from them off the earth. For the Lord has spoken
0: it. He will swallow up death. It says. Isaiah 13, 14.
1: Should I ransom them from the power of the Lord? Should I redeem them from death? O death, where are your place? O soul, where is your
0: yeah, actually, that's um, alluded to in First Corinthians passage that he is going to overcome shawl or the graves, literally. Okay. And then John 12, 31 33. Now, judgment is upon this world. Now, the ruler of this
1: world will be cast out and died. If I am lifted up from you, you will draw all things to myself. Jesus saying this to indicate the kind of death by which he was to die. The crowds then answered him,
0: You have heard out of the law that the Christ is to remain forever. And how can you say the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is the Son of Man? So
1: Jesus said to them, For a little while longer, the light is among you. Walk while you have the light, and that darkness will not overtake you. He who walks in the darkness does not know where he goes.
0: Okay, the, um, the idea there was that when he's lifted up, the, the, the Satan will be cast out. So the defeat of death was through death. Through Jesus dying on the cross, he defeated the power that Satan had over us because he uh, died as a substitute to deliver us from the penalty of death. If we're willing to put our faith in Christ. Okay, and then 1 Corinthians 15, 54-55.
1: But when this perishable will put on the disgrace, and this mortal will be put on immortality, then will come about the same oh, that is written Death is stolen out of the city. death buries the victory, for death buries his
0: city. Yeah, that was the same thing that said there in Hosea. I have here Isaiah 49 24 to 26, which says, can the prey be taken from the mighty man or captives of a tyrant be rescued? Surely thus says the Lord, even the, excuse me, the captives of the mighty man will be taken away and the prey of the tyrant will be rescued. For I will contend with the one who contends with you and I will save your sons. And I will feed your oppressors with their own flesh and they will become drunk with their own blood as with wine. And all flesh will know that I am the Lord your Savior, your Redeemer, your mighty one. So there's this champion that defeats the foe on behalf of his people, which is an Old Testament motif, and it's here Christ is that champion that, want defeated, that defeats the enemy, and the enemy here is death and the fear of death. 49, 24 to 26, that's sort of that champion motif. I think I mentioned earlier when it talks about um, this author of our salvation, there's a discussion about in verse 10... That word author there in the Greek means pioneer or leader or champion. So it's a, it's a one who goes ahead and wins the battle. And that motif is revealed here in Hebrews 2. And so now we learn what this champion actually did for us, which is defeated death through his own death, burial, and resurrection. Go yes. well, back to the passage in Genesis three, that's what about the seed of, of the woman, who's yeah. Christ. Yeah. <laughs> what is the seed of the snake? Um, the serpent seed. William Branham. Oh, well, I know what it death? Is it sin? Is it is it the nephilim or is it what no. is the serpent seed? Um. Now why am I drawing blank? Because I just preached on that. <laughs> well, it was about two or three months ago. There's some that I think it's, it's disputed, but I think it, it probably has to do with um, the fact that Satan turned the whole human race into slavery. And the serpent was the one in the garden, ultimately. And so you have a continual battle of Satan. What's this, what is the Romans, or excuse me, I mentioned Revelation 12. I think it's, it comes out there, doesn't it?
1: I don't know why I'm drawing a blank because I had,
0: I had come to a conclusion on that two and a half months ago. <laughs> in Revelation three, what happens when you get old? Revelation 12 talks about this continual battle. And um, here, here let me just read part of that. And a great sign appeared in heaven and a woman clothed with the sun and moon under her feet and on her head a crown of twelve stars. And she was with child and she cried out being in labor and gave in pain to give birth. Another sign appeared in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns, and on his heads were seven diadems, and his tail swept away a third of the stars of heaven, and threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth, so that when she gave birth, he might devour her child. And she gave birth to a son, a male child, who was to rule all the nations with a rod of iron, and her child was caught up to God and to his throne. And the woman fled in the wilderness where she had a place prepared for God where she might be nourished. Uh, and then talks about this war um, against Satan. He talks about that in verse 9. And the interpretation of that is that the woman, in this case, is Israel. And so the battle, the reason for anti-Semitism that began all the way back in Well, at least you could say it started in Egypt under Pharaoh. And the, the intent of Satan to destroy Israel was to stop the birth of this son who would be the one who would bring redemption. right? And so you have Pharaoh trying to destroy Israel. You have Haman trying to destroy Israel. You have the various nations, the Assyrians, the Babylonians, who, were at, who wanted to destroy Israel. You end up with, um, during the Seleucid period, you have this Antiochus Epiphanes. You have the Roman Empire arising to destroy Israel. And then even after biblical history, how many uh, uh, you know pogroms that have been against the Jews, including ultimately Hitler. And so you have a continual just. Dis- desire to destroy Israel, and it is caused by the promise that was given of this coming Messiah, so Revelation 12 brings it up. I will go back and look up the serpent seed again and see what it was I decided. It must be in my sermon notes. But I know it's not what William Branham said. William Branham says it's the human race. Was it iniquity, Paul, in Satan, Isaiah 6? Well, Isaiah 14. Yeah. He wanted to be like God. Yeah. Yeah, so he was cast down. But you know, that tale that slips away a third of the stars? It's talking about the third of the angels that rebelled. With the Satan. origin
1: that started with Satan would be himself. Yeah, he was
0: the first sinner. Yes. The very first sinner. Left to look right. Did he refer to all unsaved humans, it came all well about the seed like a son. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A son is driven by the
1: father wrote the Bible, so
0: that was a case. Uh, I think people are by so it would be people then that would be motivated to be opposed to Messianic acceleration. I, I don't think that's what I settled on, but I can't remember. I hate it when I forget things. Could so it just so be an attitude like disobedience? I think I think it's something more concrete. What about the whole world? The serpent's seed. I wish Ryan was here. He would know. I... I I'll bring out, that's what a character I characterize. Ultimately, it's just the opposition, it's Satan's opposition work in the world against God's purposes. Okay, let's go to verse 15. And right, deliver those with their fear of death or subject to slavery all their lives. Um, the fear of death is ultimately, people try to get rid of it by listening to lies. If you want to, If if we still have a copy, it was an old video. But we have an interesting video in our library from Ankerberg, which has Elizabeth Kubler-Ross debating with Dave Hunt on the issue of death and dying. Anybody know who Elizabeth Kubler-Ross is? She is the foremost expert, and her material is used in medical schools and nursing training. And she's basically... pantheist of one sort or another and believes that everyone goes to a better place and death is a friend to be embraced and you're going to and she has this whole thing about death and dying so she was debating with Dave Hunt on this tape and she was aghast at the, that Dave would suggest that not everybody goes to a better place and that yeah and so, and so there was this, she was, it was a really big it's an interesting debate, but what the reason I bring that up is that here's the biggest expert on death and dying telling everybody everything's going to be all right. The way the world is trying to get rid of the fear of death is just by convincing themselves of a, a sort of a universalistic uh, idea that everybody's okay and the afterlife is always going to be blissful, and they're being duped into trying to get rid of the fear of death by false hope. And I thought. That uh, that's a very good video if you want to see it. It sure gives you a good contrast on between the gospel and the uh, um, world's way of looking at it. Is that why
1: with Allah, Saddam Hussein said, Don't shoot, don't shoot, I'm Saddam Hussein. Fear of death, huh? <laughs> don't shoot, don't, yeah. don't shoot. Yeah, he, he doesn't, doesn't. I got all, I can he right to heaven thousand and 40,000 virgins. Like, sure. That's got to be being better than living in that hole in the ground. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I, don't, I can't wait to get there. I don't think I don't think
0: he really believes <laughs> in no, religion.
1: No, they don't believe it. They don't believe it. They con these poor people. In they, they get the out people of themselves. themselves so. yeah. In regards to what you were just saying, people also, do, they'll say, well, if, if God is so loving, you know hear that phrase often. Then that, that how could he possibly send people, you know, to, to, uh, to hell? So, you know, yeah. And, and if you approach uh, people in uh, to uh, to witness to people, and if you open your statement up, say with uh, uh, something like, uh, you know, what do you, what do you think happens to you after you die? Then people will come up with these. Oh, well, either either uh, you know, everybody goes to heaven, or, or they're reincarnated. You'll hear just the chaos. Right. But, but ultimately, the people don't like to talk about that subject simply because they're, they're afraid. Yeah, it's a, it's a subject
0: that you don't want to think about. I know before I was a Christian, I hated thinking about that subject. I just wanted to put it out of my mind. Cool.
1: Um, but doesn't the, some places in the Bible says everybody, you know, people put their head down on their pillow. Uh, ultimately, some people are always thinking about
0: that. Well, yeah, yeah, and I think even Christians... It's not uncommon, I think, for Christians that have struggles about it, about their assurance. Uh, but great um, uh, comfort has some good stuff on that, as you know. He, yeah, yeah. I like what he does with that, to get rid of his false assurance. I was telling Brian Flynn, I had a great talk with him yesterday, we were talking about the gospel, and he's asking me about how many witnesses to his New Age friends, He still knows people in the New Age. And the, he says the problem is that the answers that that, the Christ, that, that we have, they don't buy these answers. And I said, well, of course they don't. And the gospel's offensive. But I told him this story about uh, how Ray Comfort does this. He used the Ten Commandments to preach the gospel. And so he gets somebody and he says, have you ever taken the Lord's name in vain? Well, yeah. Have you ever stolen anything? Yeah, I've done that. Yeah, and have you ever lusted after a woman? Well, yeah, I've done that. So he gives them the, they wrote the Ten Commandments. And then he says, well, what do you think is going to happen when you die? Well, I'm going to go to heaven. And so he says, so you just admitted to me you're a thief, a blasphemer, and an adulterer, and a liar. We've
1: only done four of them. <laughs> <laughs> and he says,
0: why, why would God send you to heaven in that condition? And the answer, and then we have a video, we have a video called Hell's Best Kept Secret that has this on there. And the answer they usually say is, well, because God's a good guy. You know, he's he's good. God is good. So he'll understand. And so he then, and then Ray gives an uh, illustration. He says, suppose there was a, a rapist who had pled guilty because the evidence against him was overwhelming. And he ends up in front of the judge and he says, sir, I admit that I'm a rapist and I, that I've done this, but I think you should let me go free. Why are you saying that? Because you're a good judge. I know you're a good man. And and, uh, and Ray says, that, well, the, man, the judge responds and says, you're right, I'm a good judge. And because of that, you're going to jail.
1: Because I would not be a
0: good judge if I sent you back out to do what you do. And I have to be a just judge. And justice demands that you pay the penalty. And so and then he says, so then Ray says, therefore... God is certainly more just than that that human judge. And you think he would acquit you? just Because if he's good, he can't acquit you. And then that's where he shares the fact that Jesus paid the penalty. There's only one way of acquittal, and that is if somebody pays. And the one who paid is Jesus Christ. Or you, and then that's how Gray uh, uh, preaches the Gospel. And I think it's very powerful. And, it's, and I was telling that story to Brian. He thought it was great. He's got a... Uh,
1: I, 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 they got a new television show with uh, Ray and uh, Kurt. And Kurt yeah. uh, I, I caught it a couple times where they do actual live witness encounters with different uh, groups. Yeah. People, homosexuals, uh, uh, different yeah. types of people. Where, you know, it's, it's real interesting to see how they approach each different. Uh, I like it. And ultimately, the gospel
0: is the gospel. Yeah, and this is, uh, uh, I really enjoyed my talk with Brian yesterday as we get ready for this conference. And we, you know, the gospel is offensive. Amen. And it's just a yes. And, then when, and then people that you witness to ask you hard questions. He says, my friends are asking me, well, what about people that never heard? Well, it's a hard question. If you tell them the truth, it doesn't, it's not what people want to hear. The truth is they're lost. No. Yeah, and, and, but if you're trusting the power of God through the gospel then you can tell the truth and don't tell people what they want to hear tell them the truth I have a quote here from Kistamacher. The, the result of Christ's death is twofold he conquered Satan and set his people free from the fear of death Satan desired the destruction of God's creation in general man in particular after the fall, Satan had the power of death over Adam and his descendants and used death as a weapon against us. He had the privilege of coming before God in heaven to accuse the believers, Zechariah 3, 1 and 2, and we also read that in Revelation, and stood ready to execute the verdict pronounced against upon the guilty and to destroy man who was condemned to death. He is a murderer from the beginning, John 8:44). desired man's death in the fullest sense of the word, word, word. physical death and spiritual death, separation from God. He wanted to serve as the angel of death by wielding the power of death. However, not Satan, but God, pronounced the curse of death on the human race when Adam and Eve fell into sin. And Satan, who is an angel created by God, is a servant of God. Without permission from God, Satan is unable to do anything. Jesus, the Son of God, was present at creation, for through him God made the universe, Hebrews 1.2. He alone would be able to destroy Satan, and he could do this by means of his death on the cross. That is, Jesus defeated Satan by using the weapon of death. Jesus paid the penalty of sin by giving his life and set us free from the curse of death. By paying this penalty for us, Jesus took the weapon of death out of Satan's hands. Jesus took away the fear of death. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. That's very well stated by Simon Kistemacher.
1: Then it goes on in
0: verse 16 and says, For surely he does not get help to angels, but he gives help to the descendant of Abraham again, and literally the seed of Abraham in the Greek. And this is uh, probably an allusion to Isaiah 41, 8-10. Let's look that up, Isaiah 41, 8-10. Here it says, But you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, descendant of Abraham, my friend, seed of Abraham, you who I have taken from the ends of the earth and called from its remotest parts and said to you, You are my servant. I have chosen you and not rejected you. Do not fear. I am with you. Do not look anxiously about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right, Hand. So here, God gives help to the seed of Abraham. Hmm. To the seed of Abraham. But remember the. He's talking about what is man? Psalm eight. That thou art mindful of him. I had a citation here. Keith, did you look up 2 Corinthians 1.10 while I'm looking for something here and read it when you find it? Who delivered us from so great a peril of death, and will deliver us. He on whom we have set our hope, he will yet deliver us. Amen. Here's what William Lane says about this verse 16. The point made is that angels experience neither death nor the fear of death. What the descendants of Abraham do, and so the incarnate son died to deliver them from bondage to the fear of death. All the interest is concentrated on the statement that the incarnate son takes hold of Abraham's descendants to draw them to fellowship, um, into the fellowship of their own destiny. Yeah, but the interest of the, the interest of the, Hebrews was in these holy angels that they were looking to to help them. And so he's talking about the, uh, he's talking about the superiority of the Son to the angels. I don't think they were looking for help from the fallen angels. So I think that's what they're talking about. Okay. Then verse 17 says, Therefore he had to be made like his brethren in all things, that he might become merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. Had here means is a word. that literally means obligation or necessity. What? How could it be said that it was necessary for Jesus to be like us? Because
1: without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. In order to shed blood, you have to be flesh.
0: Okay, that's good. You know, the ultimate necessity is found in God's eternal purposes and God's character of mercy. Amen. Because it wouldn't be necessary to save anybody as far as God's person is concerned. Because the Trinity is perfect in its in its own self and that God doesn't need us in order for God to be complete. Amen. That's the doctrine I believe. Amen. And that his necessity isn't that God is needing us so bad. But the necessity is that God's merciful character and eternal purposes is such that He um, is, out of His nature, going to save a people, to show forth His glory. And so, it's part of God's very character that makes this necessary, not a part of God's need. That's important. Why do need a pack of sinners? <laughs> well, I He's
1: holy. I holy God. Well, there's a
0: stream of theology out there that says it is out of God's need, um, and it's probably the more popular stream than what I have Oh, don't do that. Why are we losing power?
1: No, it isn't us because it came back
0: on the last time, and if it came back on, then obviously it's out here in a bigger world. What's that? Yeah, there's more light up there.